All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Malaga Drive. Malaga, it's been a little bit. Malaga Drive Hoops Betting Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Caleb, and I'm back with my partner again here today, Sarji. Good morning, Sarji. How are you doing, bro? Good. Just came off brutal week in fantasy yesterday, but we're coming to bounce back and beat you this week. So things are looking up. Those of you that don't know, he did go 0-2, but he was playing two very good teams, and team is fine long term like it's kind of like a it's it's kind of like the the brooklyn Nets slow start he's not missing anyone but you know he's gonna be fine um but uh guys just in terms of last week um i, I came off of outside lands and then it, i just uh, I had a busier week than i expected and so i didn't get to watch as much hoop as i wanted um and especially early on i think it, it's super super critical to watch hoop in in order to bet it successfully so I didn't want to force anything towards the end of the week, but I am back and locked in this week. Um, and Sarge has been locked in. So, again, if you don't already, go ahead and follow him on Twitter. At, I always forget if it's NBA underscore Sarge or Sarge underscore NBA. It's one of those. Which one is it? Sarge. Second one. Okay. Um, and we're back. We're, we're locked in and we're ready to go. I can't guarantee you I'll have a play every day. Um, or that Sarge will have a play every day, but... If there is a play, I will be ready to go and have that out. Let's start with the first game of the day, um, a game that I, I just locked um, on Twitter. Sarge actually snagged it way before the NBA news even broke. I was liking it last night, and I was like, you know what, let me wait a little bit longer and, and you know check everything in the morning. I wake up, and beads ruled out, and obviously the line is completely changed now. But uh, I still like it, honestly. I, I'm riding with the Knicks pick em. Sarge grabbed Knicks plus four last night, which is – as close to a four and a half. Yeah, four and a half, which is close to a lock uh, in my mind as, as you can get here today. Um, I can't lie. This Sixers team is, I don't know if it's Doc. I don't know if it's just, you know, the continuity that they have. Uh, they've played really, really well this year, despite, you know, even when Embiid's missed games, even when Tobias has missed games, even when they have both missed games, uh, they've played really, really well together as a unit. Maxi's taking a jump. Burke has been really, really good off the bench. Um, Seth Curry has been unreal for them, um, you know, but they are legitimately in this game going to be down. Danny Green, most likely, Matisse Thybul, now Joel Embiid, and now uh, and, and Tobias Harris as well. I know they're at home, but the Knicks are coming off uh, a somewhat – and they've low-key, you know, had a couple of these losses now, but – I'm still not worried about them, but they're coming off a, a low-key, pretty embarrassed – not embarrassing loss, but a loss uh, at home to the Cavs in which they were just simply outplayed. Um, and so I, I know they're wanting, they're going to want to get right um, here tonight. And I would have liked them plus four um, if Joel was there. I think you could argue Joel's worth even more than four points in, in some certain spots. But I know I've blabbered on a lot, bro. I like the Knicks here. I locked them at a pick them, money line, whatever you want to call it. Um, what, are your, what is your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out <clears throat> how many guys that the Sixers have. I think they might only have seven guys. Uh, if Danny Green, if Danny Green misses, yeah, then I would assume Niang starts, and then it's or it, it would either be Niang or, or Shake, and then the other one would come off the bench. And then outside of that, they only have. I'm pretty sure because uh, Isaiah Joe's missing too. Yeah, and I don't. I, I think they only have uh, what's his name. Uh, I think they. Uh, in the past games, they had some G League guys out, but I think they called up Aaron Henry, Springer, and Bassey. Okay. 
Okay, um, that would make sense. So they might have a couple more guys. Yeah, reinforcements. But, I mean, still there, Henry, Bassey, and, and Springer are not exactly, you know, NBA vets. So Yeah, so they have, like, seven legit NBA guys. And then if they're running those guys off the bench, the New York Knicks have one of the best benches in the league, um, assuming Mitrov and Nerlens Noel play. Uh, you got D Rose coming off the bench. You got all these guys coming off the bench. So it's just that's going to be a brutal stretch for the Sixers when they're trying to rest some of their starters. Um, I agree. I, if even if this game's at a pick 'em, I'm seeing it at uh, Philly plus one at this point. Knicks minus one. So I still even like that. I just don't really see too many ways that Philly wins this game. I, I know they've been playing really well with Embiid and Tobias out, but you got to think with all these guys off the court and a healthy Knicks team. Right. There's just no way they can run with these guys. They just can't. I will say if Nerland's Noel and Mitchell Robinson both end up getting ruled out, that would change the tab for me for sure. to the point where I wouldn't bet it. But right now, if one of those guys is in, I still think the line is a bit too short. Yeah. I mean, we, we're going through this, guys. And, you know, we talk about it a lot. There's definitely some teams that outperform their talent. And I think Philly's one of those teams right now. Um but, guys, if these two teams play 100 times in this scenario, the Knicks are going to win, in my eyes, at least 75 of those times. Like, it's just too much of a talent difference. And it's not like the Knicks are, like, in this – It's there's certain teams that come up for me, bro, where it's like they could overlook this team, right? And you've seen it. This is not a spot to me. One, I don't think the Knicks are a team that really overlook teams with Thibodeau at the head. And two, they're coming off a loss. So – I have no issues with the mental preparation side of it, even though those guys are missing. You know Tibbs is going to have those guys locked in and, and making sure they're still treated, treating it as a legit game. And I think this line is here because of the way the Sixers have played as a whole and how good historically the Sixers have been at home. But I think overall the on-the-court factors just overcome all that just a little too much here today. So um, very, very confident in Pickham and, and props to you for, for grabbing that four-and-a-half. That, that should cash, honestly, in my eyes, like 90% of the time. Yeah, that's just all luck, basically. I mean, I mean, I just, you know what I mean? I like Knicks at plus four and a half, even with Embiid in. I thought they had a legit shot at winning this game. And then Embiid gets ruled out. It's just luck. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't playing that bet, you know, having any knowledge right. that Embiid was going to miss the game, you know? And I, and I can't lie. I was, you know, when the when the Tobias and I think it was Thibel got ruled out with, COVID, I, I, you know, as a Joel Embiid owner, I was nervous. I was like, fuck, I, I hope he doesn't have it. I, You know, and we finally were like a week away from when Tobias first got it. I was like, all right, I think we're in the clear. And then, of course, he goes and gets COVID. So, uh, tough, but that is the world we live in right now. Let's move to the next game, the Brooklyn Nets and the Chicago Bulls. Chicago sitting as one-and-a-half-point favorites um, at home. That implies about a one-and-a-half-point difference. The Nets have sneakily – they haven't been their dominant selves, but they have reeled off six straight now. Um, that's coming off – or Bulls coming off a tough loss at home against this very Philly team. Um, actually, back-to-back Philly losses. Went into Philly and lost by five, um, and then came home and lost by nine. Um, and, again, we talked about Chicago, you know, looking really, really good early on, but not having played the, the stiffest of talent and still wanting to see them prove it against a really good team. They're going to have that opportunity again tonight. Um, I don't think Philly's a super good matchup. Philly's really not a good matchup for any team that doesn't have a, a, a solid big body to put on Joel Embiid. And, you know, they have Vooch, but 
Uh, Joel Embiid was really able to get his way, especially in that second game. So um, they're not going to have to worry about that. Um, but I can't lie. I, I think I have the Nets probably as two and a half, three points better on a neutral court. Um, I think I'd probably have this closer to a pick em. But again, it's it's splitting hairs. We're, and, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if Chicago, off the two straight losses, beats this Nets team that has won six straight. Um, how, are you, how are you looking at this one? Yeah, I would set it at one and a half, too. I think I'm a, a bit smaller than you are, but there is slight value on the Nets. I just – net they, they've been solid the last six games. They've they've beaten a couple of pretty shitty teams. I think they beat Detroit twice. Um, they beat, I think, the the Wiz like five games ago. That was a nice win. And they beat one other good team. I they can't – Yeah, in this, in this recent streak, they beat Indiana at home. The Hawks, too, huh? Yeah, they beat the Pistons. Then they went – and beat the Hawks at home, back to Detroit, and then they uh they got a nice win yesterday against Toronto. Okay, with so they're a good Toronto team. They're playing a lot better than they were at the start of the year, but I don't think I want to bet it yet because I don't. These are two teams I still don't have really good reads on. Like I've said it before with with the with the um, with the Bulls. I think they're good. I don't know how good they are yet. The Nets, they're the Nets. They're damn good. They're going to finish as a top four seed in the East, no doubt about it. But what I've seen from them so far, I just can't give you an like. They're I can't tell you if they're elite, elite, or if they're just like on the verge of being elite. So for me, like I think the line is a half full point short um, in favor of of Chicago, but. Uh, I don't think I'm willing to take the Nets. So when you say half point, you you'd have these two as pick them on a neutral court. No, I would have uh, I would have Chicago favored by a point on a neutral court. Okay, so you'd you'd have this like minus four ish. No, no, I would have it. No, I would have it minus one. I'm saying on a neutral court, I would have Brooklyn as two points better. Okay, so it's like it's like a half point ish. Half so point to a full point. It's basically on on point for you. Yeah, yeah. I I, I get it. I get it. I just uh, I really do think this this Nets team not again not necessarily turned a corner in terms of all right they're just stupid elite now the way we were almost expecting them to be, um, but I do think they've definitely improved. And Harden last game twenty eight ten and eight ten of twenty from the field. You know like. I just think they're kind of settling down and settling in. Um, and I think one and a half is just short. I'd feel a little bit better if the Bulls weren't off of, you know, this is a this is the ultimate, like, off-the-court spot where you have to factor shit in. Like, Bulls are two straight losses and a day of rest. Brooklyn's coming off six straight wins and, and on a back-to-back flying in from, from out of the country uh, midday yesterday. So – I honestly, I lean the Nets here. It's it's a short number that I think they can cover here today. Um, but I, again, I wouldn't be surprised. So I, I'm not sure yet. I definitely lean Nets, but um, we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's get to the next game. We got the Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Grizzlies has six point home favorites implies about a three point difference. Um, we it's it's always it always sucks, bro, when you get burned on a team you know multiple times, and and that's kind of where we're sitting here with the the Timberwolves, you know, having that on them in their back-to-back home set against the Clippers and them losing both. Um, And uh, I think it's important to, to, bro, because it it happens to me too, where you have a read and 
you could be wrong or you it could have just not worked out whatever way you want to look at it um but then you almost are like fuck this team i'm never betting on them again i'm not you know and it, it's hard but um we still gotta we still gotta try and do our best to unbiasedly look at those two results and see where we have them here and i, I think uh i think this line's fair i think you can make an argument memphis is more than three points better but then it's also like how much of the last two losses are playing into that because again after a couple losses you usually see a team bounce back in some form or fashion at a certain point um and six is a decent amount of, uh, of points for me though i'm laying off here bro um what's your read on the timberwolves in general and, and what how what's the difference you think uh, i'm coming off watching them i watched that whole uh clippers game um until it was over over them, in the fourth right? quarter and what would you say both of them right or just this last I watched a, I watched way more of the second one just because I wanted to get a, a good read on the Timberwolves. I did watch a good majority of the first one, but the Timberwolves were winning in the first half the whole time, and they were dominating to start the game. And defensively, they were playing really, really well. And then in the second oh, half, it down. was like the team just didn't come to play. It was the weirdest thing. Anthony Edwards looked checked out. Carnley Towns looked like he was in on a different planet. Like, it was just completely odd to me. Like, I, I don't understand what happened. They started Torian Prince out of nowhere. It's just a, a team that I don't really know necessarily what they're trying to do uh, with their roster right now. Like, Malik Beasley is going in and out of the rotate. Like, he's playing big minutes, then he's not playing big. Like, he's going from 17 minutes to 30 minutes. I don't really want to bet with this team now, and I think some of it has to do with what I watched last game. But mm-hmm. I think the line is 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 – pretty close to being spot on. Like I would make Memphis two and a half points better, three points better on a neutral court. So um, the, the Timberwolves have lost my trust in terms of betting. Like I just can't bet them. And I, and I'm trying to set that aside, but I watched the game and I saw it. Like I legitimately yeah. saw them play like cheeks. Like I just, yeah. I can't bet it. No, I feel that. And that's the thing you'll see is a team can play like absolute cheeks one night. And then they come back the next night and they're completely different. And you're just like, fuck you guys. Like, I watched you a day ago. Where was this? Um, and you but, see, what, go ahead. I'm just, I'm not going to force my hand here and, and no, you know, no. lock it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm no. going to sit back. I'm going to watch this game. I'm going to see, because the Grizzlies are, are, I know what, like the Clippers, I'm still sort of confused with, right? So it, I, I can't tell you if the Clippers are good or not, if the record is just kind of messed up. The Grizz, I know they're a good basketball team. I know they're well coached. I know they have good pieces. So if Minnesota is able to play well against them, I feel like I can get a better read. But I'm just going to sit back and watch this game instead of betting it. No, I, I totally understand. Um, it sounded like you said they have good pizzas. But they have great pizzas. Pepperoni, mushroom, jalapeno, sometimes a little bit of, of ham. Wow. No sauce. Pineapple even sometimes. Oh. Hey, I will say, though, uh, Grizzlies coming off a brutal loss in DC. Like again, this is a team that I like. I do like to target off of brutal losses when they're back at home. They play really, really well at home, um, and so I, I do think I lead the Grizz here. Um, and again, that might partly be because of what we saw. Um, the offense just completely stalled out in the second half. And the Clippers, when they're going, are a de- good defensive team. But you know, I, I think I lean Grizz here. Jaws um, been. Y'all's just been struggling shooting the ball. Like his yeah. percentages have been awful. He's just he's been really really inefficient and not shooting the ball well. Um, and, and can't score. But he'll he'll bring it back. That that 
that's something that's easy, easily like yeah. reversible. I'm uh, I'm not tripping on draw. He was four of seventeen last game. Um, really? Okay. Four of seventeen. But other than that, shot it well in every other game. I I, I think he'll bounce back tonight for sure. Um, all right, let's get to the next game. The New Orleans Pelicans going into Dallas. I want absolutely no piece of this game. It's an eight and a half point spread. Um, this Pelicans team is. It's not very good, but I can't lie. You know, they, they do fight, and they do have some talent. Um, and I think, again, we've talked about it on the pod before. Their issue is just runs, right? They can hang in there for stretches, and then they have stretches where it's just a 15-0 run, and it's really, really hard to climb out of those holes. Um, I haven't watched a ton of maps, but when I have, I haven't been super, super impressed. I still think they're kind of growing into – uh, growing into themselves and Jake kid is still figuring out what, you know, the best way is to optimize this group. Um, I still think they're a talented team and they're able to get the job done at home most of the time, but it's not always the prettiest, uh, product, right. Especially right now. So, uh, I think this line's fair. I think eight and a half's fair. I know the Pelicans have had some brutal losses and you look in the records one and nine, but I don't think they're this bottom feeding, terrible, terrible team that some people think. And, if BI suits up tonight, I, I actually don't even hate um, potentially jumping on him here. But uh, we don't know that yet. He's still questionable. Um, it's eight and a half right now. And at this point in time, I, I want no action on this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I want no action on this game. The Falcons are really <laughs> awful. I just, they're really, really awful. I, there's no way around it, man. Like, they're missing their two best players. They got rid of Lonzo, who is probably their third best player. Uh, it's, it's J-Val doing everything. And then you got some Devonte Graham shooting inefficiently, just chucking up shots. It's a bunch of rookie young guys. It's like Kira Lewis, Herb Jones, you know, uh, Trey Murphy. It's just, it's not an NBA team right now. That's just the sad part. But, uh, I, I think the line's fair. And like you said, I think if you see this, like if Dallas was really going, you'd see double digits here in terms of like Dallas would be 10 and a half, 11 points. If they were like really playing how they were at the at, at the mm-hmm. end of last year, where they were vibing, um, but so if I even had a lean here, I think I would lean Dallas um, eight and a half. But Brandon Ingram questionable if he were to get ruled in, uh, I, I wouldn't yeah. want to bet it at all. If he were to get ruled out, I honestly would take Dallas. Like no joke. I just here's my I, thing though. No, I, I, and I understand that I do, but you, we go back, and I, I still think if we look peel back the layers, this Pelicans team is not as terrible as people think. I'm going to go through it. At, uh, October 27th, lose by three to the Hawks. I, they could have won that game. Brandon Ingram missed a shot at the end. Uh, next game, lose by four to the Kings. Again, went down to the wire. Next, lose by six to the Knicks. That was a close game. Then they lose by 12 to the Phoenix, but they literally were winning in the fourth. Then lose by 13 to the Kings, but it was a close game going in the fourth. And then they obviously have the blowout game against the, the Warriors. So if they can just stop these crazy runs at the end of the game, I think well, they're going to find themselves in one of these games, and it's probably going to be at home rather than on the road, Yeah, uh, where they stay in these one of these games. And so if Ingram gets ruled in, I, I actually do think I might consider nine if it gets to nine. But we'll And they're <laughs> honestly, they're just trying to get through this game so they can go back. home and play the thunder and have it just the last game of their road trip and under at home i think that's a get right game it'll be interesting to see where the line is there but yeah. i could easily see them getting absolutely blown out again today i mean 
if Brandon Ingram's in, I'm not touching it. If he's ruled out, I think eight and a half still might be a little short. Like, I, I think the Mavs are better than five and a half points on, on a neutral court. I think it's like six and a half, seven, maybe – Maybe even that's maybe six and a, in between six and a half and seven and a half. I, I really do think they're a lot better than this this Pels team, and they just have been off to a slow start. Luca hit a game winner. His rhythm's a lot better. KP actually looked good last game um, and healthy. So yeah. Jalen Brunson's been playing out of his mind. They just have all the best players on the court. Like I just, I, I wouldn't like, be surprised. I get it. I think this is the one game where we're a little bit different here today. But I, I understand where you're coming from for sure. For me, it's ultimately I. I haven't seen this Mavs team. They've won one game by double digits, and it was the Rockets at home. And that Rockets game was honestly kind of close for a lot of that game. So I haven't seen them with a an ability to blow teams out yet. If there were a game to do it, it's today um, for sure. But we'll see. I probably don't find myself on it. But um, just say stay tuned on Twitter. You never know. All right, yeah. next game, Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. Miami Heat, arguably the best team in the league, going into a uh, Denver team that's struggling a, just a little bit, just a little bit right now. Nothing too crazy. We're not pushing the panic button yet. But um, Denver coming off and just looking at their, let's say, last three games, it hasn't been super pretty. Back-to-back losses against a really good Memphis team in Memphis. And then last game, uh, they beat the Rockets by one, but very, very easily could have lost that game and just – Looked out of sync really all game. I would you you play that game over with the same type of way that went. It's it's going to be 50 50 really for how that game went. Uh, with that being said, today one and a half point dogs at the crib against Miami puts them at about four and a half point difference, and that's really really interesting. I think I think to me my first reaction to that is it's fair. Um, I do think. Maybe the Nuggets are being a little undervalued here today. I think you can make an argument it's maybe three and a half or instead of four and a half, but it's really, really tough to say. Um, I just like targeting a team again. They, you know, they lost to the Memphis the last two times. You know, they're not super satisfied with that win. Miami's coming off a huge win against Utah. Um, and I'm pissed because again, if I were, you know, more locked in, I would have been on Miami at Utah after that tough, tough loss. But um, here today, I, I do lean the Nuggets a little bit, but it's really, really close, and I don't think I'm going to play it. I could definitely see Miami winning this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I just, it's two very good basketball teams, uh, like very good basketball teams. Uh, Nuggets are at home. I think Miami is the better team. I can't tell you exactly about how much. I, I think the line is is pretty much right where it should be, man. Like. The, the Miami Heat are the best team in basketball right now, in my opinion. Like, they've been playing so damn well. And the Nuggets have Nikola Jokic. Like, they, they have the best player in basketball. So, Nikola Jokic will will his team to win by himself. If this is a game where you saw, like, 45, 15, and 7 from Jokic and they pull off a tight one, um, wouldn't be too surprised. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be out. So, I don't know if that – I don't know if you saw that or if that makes a difference to you. It's a great call. I didn't know that. Honestly, yeah. it's playing like cheeks anyways, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It like doesn't make it somewhat of a difference, you know, Michael Porter Jr. will be out. And when I first saw that, I was like, wow, it's only one and a half still. But then I was like, is PJ Dozier like really going to, I don't know if they start PJ Dozier. I think they should, but is that really well. do, is that going to be a negative for them? And I was like, 
honestly, it might help their defensive identity a little bit because we we know what Michael Porter Jr. brings on the defensive end, and he hasn't been bringing his offensive firepower, which is why he's so good. It's because of what he brings on offense, and when he doesn't bring anything on offense, he is a negative to a team. So I think whether it's Jeff Green, Jermichael Green, P.J. Dozier, I honestly at this point can say that Michael Porter isn't making a huge difference for me, and I don't think the books are are really going to – do much with that either i I think this line would be the same if michael porter jr was in i still think you get the line where it is right now so um i think if anything it'd be a pick it's like a a point thing i I don't think the books are giving all that much respect to michael and and they shouldn't right now right now you know um yeah so i'm in the same boat as you i don't think i want to play this game yeah i uh i do think pj will start i do think it'll help their defense I do think uh, even when Michael Porter Jr. is not hitting, his, the threat of him there uh, is helpful, especially when you're spacing the floor for that big boy, Yoke. Um, but, yeah, I don't want any part of this today. It should be a good game. Hopefully I get to watch a good amount of it. Um, watch my boy PJ start. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to stay off on, on this one. All right, next up, uh, my dubs, my red-hot dubs. Eight and one to start the year, hosting the uh, – my second favorite team, so you know I'm ready to go with this one. Um, I'm hooping at six, but I'm going to get out of there early enough so I can watch most of that. Um, again, Atlanta Hawks coming to town, three-and-a-half-point dogs. Atlanta's had a little bit of a rough start to the season so far. Um, I lost my phone in my blanket somewhere, but they uh, – I've played a tough schedule. They lose to uh, Phoenix in a close one. I, I got this off the top of the dome. They lose to Phoenix in a tough one. They lost – uh, the game before that in a tough one to the Utah Jazz. Um, and then I think they got a win. Maybe it was Washington. I forget who it was. But uh, regardless, overall, I think you can say they're a little bit underperforming. But I do think a lot of that is their really tough schedule so far. Um, I will say I think the books, this it's a, it seems a little trappy. You would think they have everything. Go just ahead. to back up your point, so – they're, this is their this is their last five. This is their last six games. Okay, Suns, Jazz, Nets, Wizards, Sixers, Wizards. It doesn't get much farther than that, really. Like it, yeah. it really doesn't. Exactly. So I'm not tripping. I'm not freaking out about this start. I really think it's a you know if they had the Lakers schedule, they could damn near be you know eight and one or whatever. So I'm not again I'm not trying to shit on the Lakers. Just you know trying to say, um, even though they might deserve some shit. But regardless. Um, I'm not uh, I'm not tripping off this Hawks bad start. I do think the line is just about fair. Again, it's a back-to-back for the Warriors, but yesterday was pretty stress-free, so I, I don't think I give too much to that. Um, I think three and a half is fair. I think maybe you could say it should be four and a half, four, but uh, the Hawks are due for one of these breakout games here. Um, very easily could have beat the Suns. Um, I didn't get to watch the second half versus the Jazz, but they were in it the first half. Their defense is really good. I'm actually curious. I uh, I don't hate the I don't hate the under here today at under two twenty two and a half. Um, but yeah, those are my overall thoughts. How do you see this one? Are the, is the Warriors start legit? Are they a title contender, bro? I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't deny anything about it. They look really damn good. I love the pieces they brought in. Bielitsa's looked great. Um, Auto Port- Auto Porter Jr. just playing his role, man. Just knocking out threes and playing threes. defense. He gets doing the opposite wide open threes a day. Doing the opposite of what Kelly Oubre was doing. You know what I mean? Like Kelly Oubre, he needed to take shots. He needed to do his thing. You're seeing on Charlotte not too. 
Otto just shoots, just shoots. That's all he does. And, and what I love about Otto, too, is he catches the ball in the perimeter and where Kelly Oubre is going to dribble out there for like 15 seconds trying to put moves on people. It's Otto Porter's catching that ball. He's either swinging it, taking a shot. He's not really putting the ball on the ground. Like he's, he's just kind of looking like and a one dribble pull up. You know, yeah. it's not to dance. And Iguodala is, is going to be back in this game, too. He's a huge piece for them. I just – I really, really like their role players. I think Gary Payton has been a monster, bro. Gary Payton, I think he's like plus 64 um, in the last three games when he's on the court. It's like some record or something crazy um, for a, a player's first uh, – there's – you know how ESPN gets these ridiculous stats. like yeah. a player's first 20 minutes played in his first three games. He's like has the highest plus minus or on-off splits or whatever. But they just done a really good job putting pieces around Steph and Dre that, that fit perfectly. So I, I love this Golden State team. I think on a neutral court, I'd make them a half a point, maybe one point better. So um, I'm seeing the line at, at three right now. So maybe it's a half a point short, full point short. Um, I got three but, and a half personally on my book. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm seeing three in some spots. I so I I have Bovada up and I have DraftKings on Bovada. It's three and a half on DraftKings. It is three. So I think Bovada is probably the more accurate. So it's probably three three and a half is a more accurate line. Um, so I agree. I think this this is right on. And if you told me that they covered, I wouldn't be surprised. If I, if you told me they didn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the Hawks are gonna be ready to go here. They're four and six. This would be a huge, huge win for them just as yeah. a team uh, on the road. This is a big game for them. Um, so I, I'm not betting it, but it's going to be a hell of a game to watch. Yeah, Trey gets up for for uh, staff every time. I agree. I think this is a, a big play up to play up to the competition spot for the Hawks. I'm not uh, – No not value playing. here, though. Yeah, no value. No value. I think the books have this line spot on. Uh, I think you're going to see a game that goes down the wire and, um, you know – there, there's definitely times where it's like I got, I got a team I like, you know, at home, and I'll, I'll take them plus the points. But this is a game where I, I could easily see the Warriors winning by two, you know, three. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not betting it here. Let's get to the next game. The Phoenix Suns are three-point favorites in Sacramento. This is a very, very interesting game. Um, they were 10-point dogs in Phoenix about two weeks ago. Um, won that game outright. That line implied about a seven-point difference. This line implies about a six-point difference. So you, you see firsthand right now, you know, books adjusting to power ratings and, and how they value teams. And they're slightly, slowly but surely giving the Kings their respect. Um, and I also think it, you know, part of it is the Suns haven't played super well to this point either. Um, they're still sitting up there in the Western Conference, I think fourth or third. Um but it, it just hasn't looked as easy as it did last year. It didn't look as dominant as it did last year. And um, this Kings team is, is playing really, really well. So they're coming off a loss against Indiana um, in which they really were the, the second best team. Uh, Suns are coming off a win against the Hawks. Look, I don't know that there's a six point difference, honestly, between these two teams. I, I don't. Um, it's tough because, you know, you have all of what we saw from the Suns last year and then you're pairing it with this year and it's hard to know, like, all right, where exactly are they? Um, and if they're that team last year, maybe it's six, but they're not that team right now. And this Sun, Aiden's also out. And Aiden is also out. So um, I really I, I like uh, I like the Kings plus three today. That is simple as that. I don't know if I'm going to play it, um, but I do think six is a little bit large. I know, you know, the, the Kings are a place where the home 
home crowd actually does play a factor. They love their Kings there. Um, it'll be rocking. They're coming off a loss. I like the Kings here today. Um, I do. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to play. I'd obviously rather have three and a half, four. Um, don't know if it's going to get there though. So um, that's where I see it. How, how are you reading this one? That's a ballsy bet. I, there's no shot I have the balls to play that. I like it. And everything you said, it makes a ton of sense to me. But betting against the Phoenix Suns, I just can't do it. I just can't, especially with the Kings. Yeah. I love the Kings as much as you do. The line's just a little bit too short. Even if Sacramento is at home, um, three points is just not enough. You know what I mean? Like, You don't feel comfortable. No. I don't feel comfortable with that bet whatsoever. With Chris – De'Aaron Fox hasn't been himself. Chris Paul, Devin Booker on the other side, and McCall Bridges, even if they don't have DeAndre Ayton, it's, this bet just scares me. I get it. On a neutral court, I don't think Sacramento <clears> – <throat> is six points worse than the Phoenix Suns. I don't. I think it's five, five and a half, but I don't think that's enough value for me to bet the game. I get you. I get you. It's one of those scenarios where it's like, you know, you're getting the worst team uh, getting a better line, uh, getting a worse line because they're at home. And it's like, you're scared. You're not sure if that home court is worth the three actual points that you're giving them, um, which I totally get. Um, so yeah, for me, I lean Kings guys, but I'm not probably not playing it, but you never know. If it gets to three and a half, four, I'll consider it. Let's get to the it's next. Also, it's real quick. It's also very hard to judge the Suns without DeAndre Ayton. That's another guy. I'd, he's definitely an impact player. Like there's definitely a, uh, there's definitely like when he's off the court, it hurts them. But I, it's very hard to measure. It's like similar to the Acapulco. I mean, it's very hard for me to measure how much he's actually worth. No, for sure. For sure. Um, all right, let's get to the last game of the day. Your L.A. Lakers are going to be hosting. Man, F this game. <laughs> I, I I was surprised, you know. I This, to me, is like the books are really actually truly down on the Lakers, and I get it. I get it. It's just it's the Lakers. They have Russ. They have AD. And so I thought, you know, there'd still be a little bit of respect there for him, and the books are, are honestly saying, like, all right, it might be as bad as, as it looks right now. I think they're – they're done with it. Uh, Lakers one and a half point favorites tonight implies that they're one and a half point worse than the Charlotte Hornets who got blown out uh, by the Warriors. Uh, not blown up, but the loss to the Warriors, Kings, and had a collapse against the Clippers in three straight nights. So it's not even like this Hornets team is, you know, playing super well. It'd be one thing if they took two or three on, on that Western trip, right? But they, they've lost three straight, and now you're coming in here tonight still having them as a one and a half point favorite on a neutral court over the, over the Lakers. Um, very, very interesting line to me. I honestly don't quite know what to think. Cause I came into this hoping we would get Hornets plus four Hornets plus. Yeah. Five, and then yes, sir. Sign me up. Easy. Now you yep. get them plus one and a half. And it's like, all right, that's definitely something I got to think about. I know you've watched a ton of Lakers. I know you've watched a ton of Hornets. Give me your take on this game. Yeah, watch watch a ton of, uh, of both of these teams for obvious reasons. Uh, I, I love the Hornets in terms of their future. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Miles Bridges. It doesn't matter. But Lakers are awful. They're bad. Like, there's no way around it. They're a bad basketball team. It's, it's really not fun to watch at all. It's painful to watch. And the Charlotte Hornets on the other side – they cannot close basketball games. I've seen it three times already. They have been in the lead. They were beating, they were beating the Clippers by 10 points 
and they fall apart because what they do at the end of the games. It's it's isolation basketball with Lamelo Ball, who as as crazy as it sounds, Lamelo Ball isn't a great isolation basketball player at this point in his career because his jump shot is not good enough to be a great isolation basketball player. He can't shoot the ball off the dribble well enough at this point yet. Miles Bridges is the same way. He's been great. Miles Bridges has been terrific. But when it comes down to trying to play isolation basketball, trying to go from the wing, it just doesn't work when he has a good defender on him. And then you got Terry Rozier in the same. They're just they don't know how to play at the end of games. It's it's very frustrating to watch because I've been very high on them. And in certain games, I've been like, all right, this this line is too short. In the Clippers game last night, I was like, I think the Hornets are going to win this game. I think they're a much better team than the Clippers. We see it the whole game, and at the end of the game, they collapse because they don't know how to finish games. So this is another scenario where I think the the, the Hornets could be up eight, nine points at the end of the game. Yeah, we we go back be too two surprised. weeks ago, right, against the Celtics. You know, they were up eight, and then they completely fall apart. And Goes to overtime, yeah. In overtime, yeah. So it's a very, very fair point. So maybe this is a first-half bet that you want to make. I don't know what the first-half number is, but if you can get – I don't know, Charlotte first half money line or whatever it is to be ahead of half. I think that could be a bet I'm interested in um, rather than trying to bet this full game because and another problem here we have to talk about is Anthony Davis. The guy cannot play. He does. He, he, he plays five seconds. He gets hurt. He has to come out of the game. He's yeah. done it three games in a row now. I just it's hard to trust Anthony Davis at this point as well. And with Anthony Davis, if Anthony Davis were to not play in this game, Charlotte should be favored by a thousand points because (laughs) Russell Westbrook is absolute garbage. And the pieces that we've put around this team are meant for LeBron James. So when LeBron James is off the court, everything else falls apart. So I really like Hornets plus one and a half even, but I can't bet it because they fall apart at the end of games. So if you can get a good first half, number um or line i don't know what you have if you can see that on your yeah, books right now I'll, I'll pull that up right now so the first half again i i'd assume it's very similar half a point to the full game yeah oh um, really first half right now is charlotte it's basically a pick them yeah the, it's right now the line is plus a half which means if they're tied you can win you win your bet with hornets but that's the spread you're getting them plus a half of a point so if they're tied you win the bet and then the money line's even, where if they're tied, it's it's a, a push. But. And I think I think Charlotte will come out hot, too. That was a tough win last night. They're getting a lot of criticism. They're going to be ready to go right off the bat here today. Um, Lakers should be, too. But I, I think the man. Hornets are the better team, man. I don't really care about Lakers home court at this point. They stink. I, uh, <laughs> I, I get everything you're saying. I do. And, and you can just – you feel the frustration dripping off of every word that Sarge speaks right now, and I get it. The Lakers have not looked even like a playoff team, not even like a 7A seed. But I will also say it's very early, and they are still figuring out how to best optimize the group. And I, I still believe in Frank Gogo as a coach. And, and obviously, the personnel is limited. I agree. I'm not saying they're a championship team, but I don't think it's always going to look as bad as it's, it's looked so far. I mean, it's Austin Reeves, Avery Bradley, Kent Bazemore, DeAndre Jordan. It's just – it's so bad, dude. It's – Yeah, it's it's Russ and AD, and we don't even know if AD is suiting up tonight. So I will say, guys, AD is questionable. If he gets ruled out, run, sprint, whatever you got to do, get to your nearest book and, and hit the Hornets uh, plus one and a half for sure. 
Um, all right, bro. You want to get to some DF? All right, we'll recap the slate real quick. Um, for me, I'm on Nick's uh, money line, straight up, pick them, whatever you want to call it. Sarge got that at plus four and a half. Um, I also really – I don't mind the the Nets plus one and a half at all. You're getting a team that's won six straight, arguably has a shot at being considered one of the best teams in the league. Um and you're getting them as a dog after six straight against a team that's, you know, hasn't really beat anyone of too much value. I, I do like the Pelicans uh, a little bit, especially if Ingram gets um, ruled in. And then obviously we're sitting here and, and kind of deciding between the Hornets and the Kings for me too. I'll also say Grizzlies down to five and a half minus 105. So you can almost get them at five. Uh, I don't hate that at all. I don't hate minus five at all. You? Yeah. So, I love everything that you like. I love Brooklyn. Um, the more I think about it, the more like this Brooklyn team, the more you look at this line, the more you're going to like it. The more you think about the players that they have, the way they've been playing lately. I think that they're line looks really good. They're a dog. Like, yeah. You're not they're a dog. Them as a four and a half point favorite, you know, like it's just win the game. And I'm on board with you. I got Knicks at four and a half. Obviously you can't get that, but I like Knicks pick them anyway. I think that they win this game outright. Um, don't really like a whole lot else. Like I said, if you can, if you can play that Charlotte money line or first half money line, I kind of like that. Or if you can get half a point, that's fun. But I really like this parlay today that I threw together. Hornets <clears throat> plus 105. These are all money line. Knicks minus 115. Nets plus 110. 20 to win 140. I think that's a great bet. I think yep. it's, there's a lot of value that comes with that bet. Um, I like that too. I like that a so, lot too. Really, you just gotta you just got to hope the Hornets can hold on. You know. Exactly. That's because I'm very confident that <clears throat> the Knicks win. I'm pretty would, confident in the Nets. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in the Nets. I think that I this is gonna sound a bit weird, but I think I'd rather just take Nets money line, and it's probably stupid, but I'd rather just throw no, them in a parlay, parlay than just. Yeah. I'd rather just throw a money line into a parlay than take them plus two, like just solely into it. No, plus one hundred five goes a lot. Honestly, you know, parlay goes a lot further than minus one ten. Because um, again, all those it's plus one ten. Oh, gotcha. Mine's mine. Mine's uh, one hundred five. But okay. Regardless, I'm sure you can find one one ten out there. Um, all right, you want to get to some DFS, bro? We're back. We're get to some back. DFS. We're fully back. Um, lead us off. Um, which is some of your favorite plays? Let's do it. Haven't taken a huge look at this slate uh, just uh, yet. It's not the prettiest. It's not the prettiest slate. It's it's not. I will say right from the top, I love Jokic, and I've been saying I love Jokic over and over and over again, and he hasn't quite paid off just yet. I think this is the game here. Um, he, he's down now in price. He was up to 11.4. He's back down to 11K. This will be a slow-paced game, but Jokic is a guy I'm not really worried about the pace of play because he's going to grab a ton of rebounds. The guy does everything on offense. Like he, he, the, the offense goes through him. Then you take Michael Porter Jr. off of the floor. His usage goes up. His shots goes up. His assist percentage goes up. His rebound percentage goes up. So I don't think people are going to play this slate with Michael Porter Jr. being out as if that helps Jokic, but it does have a huge bump. Um, for him. So I really like Jokic. I I don't like Russ, Russell Westbrook at 10-4. I think he's going to get a ton of ownership. He's just been awful, uh, unless you see Anthony Davis miss. Um, I'm going to stay away from the Lakers Yeah, pretty much at all costs. You're cool eating the drum and chalk, right? Yes, always. Always cool eating the drum and chalk. I, I was going to get to him a little bit later. I'm just kind of going by price, but the guy is 5'7". 
<laughs> he plays at 1.4 fantasy points per minute. The last time Embiid was out against Portland, he played 34 minutes. If you want to do the math, 34 times 1.4, I would project him for 47 fantasy points. Like, that's a high projection. You probably want to get him at 30 minutes yeah, times 1.4. I'll put him at like 39, 40, but still, regardless, that's smashing. But the thing is, like, if they were playing a small team, then you could project them a little bit lower in minutes. But this is a New York team that plays massive. Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson are on the court at all times. Unless Andre Drummond gets hurt or gets into foul trouble, the guy is going to run 30-plus minutes. So um, he's going to be uber chalk. I'm just going to eat it at 5,700. He's too cheap. The only way he doesn't hit is foul trouble or injury, and I think that happens 15% of the time at most. Yep. So I would get to like 85% of, of him. If he was 4-4, I'd get to 100, but 57 is a little bit sketchier. So I, I legitimately have 85% of Andre Drummond. 100%. I'm with that. I'm with all of that. Um, I, I will say, guys, it's it's not a slate that's just bursting with value, you know? Yeah. Um, so you, you are going to have to take some risks, and, and some of these guys that I'm going to get to uh, do definitely involve some risks. Did you have more? You want to go? I have one more that I have to talk about. It's Christoph Porzingis at six seven. Mm, um, call. He he immediately right off the bat played twenty eight minutes against Boston. I think he could see up to twenty eight to thirty minutes here again in this one. And you need forty five fantasy points from him. He gets you a couple more blocks than he did last game and a couple more rebounds. All he needs to do is do is twenty and ten with three blocks, and he yeah. smashes values. So he's just too cheap coming off injury. I really, really like him as a as a contrarian play because people don't like playing. Yeah, I was uh, say, You're not going to see too many too many guys on him today, even at that reduced price. Um, yeah, so take, take advantage of that for sure. Um, my uh, my value today here is a a little bit more risky, um, but there are some guys that I think could pay off in the long run. One of those guys today is going to be campaign. Um, he's been out for a lot of the year. Um, but if you guys remember last year, he was really, really good. And not even just like, okay, played 30 minutes of games and spot starts and, and killed in those. Like there were games where he legitimately came off the bench, uh, played 18 to 20 minutes and completely smashed value. So he's going to be here at the minimum price today um, in an up-tempo game against SAC um, with a lot of guards they play again. A lot of times they'll have Hallie, Fox, and Davion on the court. Um, even sometimes, you know, it's Buddy, right? So it's it's a very guard-heavy team that I think um, the Suns will have no issues running pain out there. I think they're going to want to get him back in the swing of things. I don't think it's safe to project him for more than like 17, 18 minutes, honestly. Only played 12 in the last game. Uh, but I think he's a, a value at 3K that really no one is going to really think about. Um, and I do think he has 25 to 30 point upside if things really, really break well. So um, I like him at the min if you need to make some room for guys. Um, uh, kind of in that similar vein, I, uh, I know this might be a little bit rare, but I like Alec Burks going against his uh, old team in Philly um, where he used to play. Again, it's not like super locky, but I don't think he's going to get a ton of ownership and he's still three. We'll get none. Yeah. And he's still 3-1. Um, I know there's a lot of mouths to feed there in New York. But, again, we're really scraping for value here. Um, obviously, if Danny Green suits up at 3-8, like him, um, again, the Sixers are really, really limited with um, their personnel right now. Um, and then I, I might be in the minority here. I know Malik hasn't had a blow-up game yet. But if Delo's out, I will go back to him. He got 35 minutes last game. Uh, game before, he got 27. The game before, he got 32. At four, six, I still think it's a little bit too short. 
especially because you don't get any negatives on undraft teams for missed shots. Um, and the usage really in these games has been pretty crazy. Um, I, I think you can project him for 20 to 22 percent usage, which is um, something that he wasn't getting early on in the season. Um, back to the Denver side of things. Um, I do think that MPJ being out is, is something that we overlook. Go ahead, bro. I said PJ. PJ Dozier. PJ Dozier at 3-3. Um, I think even Jeff Green at 3K and Fasundo at 3-2. I don't know which I, – I think the minutes – Whoever gets to start. Whoever gets to start is going to get the I ownership. I think PJ will get it. Um, but I, I, I at the same time, I think there is a trickle-down effect, even for the guys who don't start. Um, and Fasundo was like close, close – Fasundo like closed the first half, but PJ started the second half without MPJ. So PJ um, will start. I'm assuming PJ starts, but I also do think it does help Fasundo. And if if things break a certain way and, and Mike Malone adjusts, I could see Fasundo playing huge minutes too. Mike Malone's a huge Fasundo guy. Um, and honestly, I, I don't blame him. He's a dog. He, he is what a coach wants in a player. Um, last guy I like. Again, we're just struggling for value here today, but uh, don't hate Kyle Anderson at all here. He's still 4-2. Weird that, you know, people just – I know he's had some tough games and he hasn't had any blow-up games, but before last game he had hit value in four straight games. He's probably going to get anywhere from 20 to 28 minutes, depending on how it goes. Um, again, 4-2 is really, really cheap, and he might actually get some ownership today here because there's not a ton of value. Um but he's a guy who projects well as a points per dollar play for me. And then I think an important point to talk on here is, is uh, the New York Knicks centers. Mitchell Robinson is 4-3 and Nerlens Noel is 3-9. They're both extremely cheap. If one of them misses, the other one looks unbelievable. Mm-hmm. If both of them play, I like both of them. Just switching them in and out of some lineups. Because what we've seen is Nerlens Noel will close random games. He played 30 minutes last game, 24 the game before. Mitchell Robinson will close some games just depending on how the other is playing and how they're vibing with the starting unit. So Thibodeau isn't afraid to play one or the other in the closing lineup. This is going to sound crazy. If you want to get so different, you could play both of them in the same lineup and they could both hit 30 fantasy points because they get so many blocks and so many rebounds and their permanent production is so good. They're just so cheap. So if, if one of them's out, the other one becomes a beautiful play, but you can play either one of them, man. They're just so cheap. Another value play I like, we got to go to the Philly side for some value because um, there's just so many guys missing. I think in the same vein, you can go PJ Dozier at 3-3. You can also go at 3-3 Paul Reed. Paul Reed, um, Paul Reed started the last game, played 23 minutes, I believe, uh, 22 minutes. He should be in line for a couple more minutes with no uh, Embiid. I, I assume he plays the backup center minutes now too. Philly or New York is huge, right? They play huge guy, like a huge lineups with uh, Noel and Mitch Robinson. They're going to need to go big. Paul Reed is that next big man off the bench, or he's probably going to start, but he's going to have to play the backup center minutes when uh, Andre Drummond gets his rest. Another reason why I think Andre Drummond is going to play such huge minutes is they don't have anyone to guard these big guys. So as long as he stays out of foul trouble, he should be up near 35 minutes. Um, Paul Reed should play close to 28, 30 minutes as well. He's 3,300. He's a permanent monster. He's going to grab rebounds. If he stays out of foul trouble, Paul Reed does have some foul issues, but um, if he's able to stay out of foul trouble, that's easy value um, at 3,300. That's a great call. I I love that Paul Reed call. And really, I think you're going to find someone on that Sixers team other than Drummond too 
that really, really smashes value. I don't know who it's going to be. They're all priced up a bit now. You got Furcon around 5K. Niang's at like 4.6. Shane Milton's above 5K now too. Um, One other guy I want to ask you about, what do you think about Gary Payton at 3,400? I don't think he's going to get value. He's hit 26 or more fantasy points in each of the last three games, only playing 17, 18, and 20 minutes. I don't know how much of that is due to the blowout, but the guy's a a steel monster. He gets a ton of rebounds, assists. He can score. I was going to say, that's a great call. So uh, on one hand, you know, you would look at it and you would just assume that, uh, you know, it's just blowout run. And while that's definitely helped him get to like 30, for sure. Um, the dude is insanely productive, even in minutes that are not blowout running. And what, a lot of times what you see, he's playing with four other guys who can shoot and are smart. And so he generally, it, a lot of times, either whether it's as a roller or just on the three-point line, is left wide open. So he just gets involved a lot on offense, just purely because he's like the one guy that teams don't super respect. And so as a result, it gets him in the action, but he's very, very smart, right? He's not actually this 22, 23-year-old that's still processing. He's 28. He's been in NBA games, so he makes a lot of really good reads. He's a defensive monster. He grabs so many rebounds. Like, he'll fly in there over Dre, over Looney. Like, I think he's a permanent monster. The, the blowouts have definitely helped, but at three, what is he, 3-3? Three, three? Yeah, 3-4. Three, I, I still think he can get you 25. Honestly. So I'm on popcorn machine right now looking at their rotation from last night. He played four and a half minutes in the first quarter. He came back in in the second quarter and yep. played six and a half or six minutes, excuse me, and closed the quarter other than the last like 50 exactly. seconds. And then he jumped right back in at the six minute mark in the third quarter and started playing. So he's part of this rotation now. He's the he's the second guy off the bench behind Juan Toscano. Like so he's he's legitimately like overtaken Damian Lee and Damian Lee did nothing wrong like Damian Lee was playing well Kerr said it the other day like you know before coming to the season it was like all right it's going to be matchup dependent we'll get him in in the right spots and then he said no like essentially he said fuck that Gary Payton is 100% earned a rotation and he's gonna play every game and this screams a Gary Payton game too because you don't want Steph running around with 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 <clears throat> Trey Young. Steph's fine. I'd, well, you don't have to argue about him as uh, as a defender, but if you can take that load off of Steph and you can have Gary Payton in there playing technically a three, but guarding Trey Young and running around with him all game, that's a this is a perfect game script for him. I, I really like the call on, on Gary Payton. He's going to be under owned. Maybe he does get ownership, but there's a lot of value on today's slate. I don't think he will necessarily uh, go, go over owned. He'll get owned just because his last couple games, but I mean, you look at box score, even last game, like after two straight 30 point games, he was still only 3.4% of, you know? Um, And yeah, Yeah. you're going to need some things to go right because he's not a guy that's just going to ISO or ever take any shots unless he's wide open, but he's electric. He's, he's got pogo sticks for legs. He's great. uh, He's a great lob threat. He's a great rebounder. He's a great stealer of the ball. And he just finds himself in a lot of open situations playing, next to four smart defenders and Steph Curry. And again, a lot of the time his minutes do overlap with Steph. So it, it's it's perfect for his fantasy appeal, and, and 100% I think he's worth mentioning tonight. For sure. And one more value is Frank Kaminsky at 4-3. He's been over 30 fantasy points each of the game. It's DeAndre Jordan's out. So there's a lot of good value, actually, the more I think about it on the slate. Sure. Um, that 4,300, he's going to be really chalky too. So just be careful with uh, the Frank chalk. Yep. Um, all right, can we get to some leverage guys? Sure. All right, first guy for me, 
Willie beat the thrill 5-5 today uh, at home against Miami. Will Barton's one of those guys that um, you can tell watching this Nuggets team this year, he's kind of, you know, I think a lot of people assumed it would be MPJ, but he's kind of, you can tell he has this mindset of, I need to step up. I need to lead without Jamal. Um, and he's taken a lot more shots. He's been a lot more productive from a fantasy perspective um, than he has in the past. Um, he is 5'5", which I don't think is a ridiculous price. Um, I think he'll get close to 30 minutes. I don't think he'll get any ownership. I like him. Um, just in terms of, for me, my when I'm looking at leverage, I'm looking at the ceiling they have versus the ownership that they have. Um, and I, I think he has a pretty damn high ceiling. Doesn't kill you at 5'5". Five, five. I don't think anyone will be on him, so I like him. Um, another guy that stands out to me, um, and a guy that I will just keep going to, um, is Jonas Valanciunas. Um, just, I mean, he might start to get more ownership now, especially in certain spots, but I don't think tonight is necessarily the night where he gets a ton of ownership. Um, and that dude is as much of a lock if he stays out of fantasy – or stays out of foul trouble to produce fantasy-wise. So um, I like JV if he's under-owned. I like, uh, I like going back to some Harrison Barnes. I like some John Morant tonight. Um, who are some guys that stand out for you? Yeah, I like going to Clint Capella, too, at 7-1. He's been awful in fantasy. The minutes haven't been crazy. But listen to this, 36, 33, 33 minutes outside of the last game against Phoenix where he only played 28. The guy's minutes have been there. He just hasn't produced. Clint Capella will go a bit under own. Golden State's a great matchup. I know they're second technically against centers. But, you know, like games like Christian Wood last night are going to spew those, those, um, those stats. So, I like uh, Clint Capella at 7,100. I think he's just too cheap. I like going back to Damian Mitchell. And at 4,400, people are going to be scared to play him, but he is in the rotation now. Um, the Charlotte game was a blowout. They won 140 to 110. He only played 25 minutes. But outside of that, in a close game against Utah, he played 30 minutes. Um, in a close game against Indy, he played 28 minutes. He's doing a bit of everything, getting rebounds, getting assists, getting steals. Um, he just has to score. And at 4,400, he seems too expensive, but at a 32, if he can score you 32 ish fantasy points, um, I think he has a real ceiling too. Like, I think he could go out there and score 40 uh, if he does a little bit of everything and picks up some extra minutes. So I think Davion Mitchell is a bit um, like an under a radar, under the radar leverage play. And then also Blake Griffin at 4,300. He's played 27 or more minutes in each of the last three games, um, scored 26 or more fantasy points. I don't know where the ownership will get with him, but. Um, he's shooting enough shots for me. He's shooting threes. He's grabbing rebounds, getting assists. Uh, yeah. I just think Blake Griffin at 4,300 is a nice little leverage play uh, cheap. I, call. Um, I, I do. I like that call. I love the Clint call too um, because we, we do have a good defense, but we do struggle against some against larger centers that are able to rebound well. Um, what do you think about I, – I say it every time, but I'm going to say it again. Revenge game for Rashawn Holmes um, against Phoenix. Basically, if he, – he actually really struggled last game. Miles Turner absolutely shut him down. Um, but I love Rashawn Holmes again today against Frank Kaminsky, right? And you get – you Rashawn Holmes is just such a grinder and a competitor. When he has those bad games, you can expect um, really a good game, you know, next game. So, I like Rashawn Holmes. I know he's a little expensive. Um, this is going to be pretty rare too. Uh, but I like Terry Rozier. He came to the year really, really cold um, and clearly didn't have any rhythm. But I think that that last game against – the Clippers kind of got him back. You saw him play 32 minutes. Again, this should, in my eyes, be a close game. And again, because of the issues the Hornets have, 
it could be 20 in the fourth, and I don't think Borrego is going to feel comfortable enough to take his foot off the gas. So I think the minutes are safe. I know there's a lot of mouths to feed there. You have Miles, you have Lamelo, you have Gordon, you have Kelly. Um, but I do think Terry Rozier has a lot of Wow. Colin Sexton towards meniscus. Wow. That just came out? Yeah. Damn, that's tough, especially ah. for a team that's, you know, he's finally – like, he, the numbers haven't been good, but finally playing that more team style of basketball and they're winning. That's Is that a year-long thing? Just says out and definitely with a torn meniscus. He's done, bro. You, you can't play off a torn. I mean, meniscus is better than uh, ACL, but bro, he's done, man. That's for the, he's got to be done for the year. There's just no reason in risking it because they have to keep his trade value high. I, that's the worst because now he's coming. Yeah, what is going to happen with him? That's so know. interesting. I don't know. Anyways, um, Terrosi is my last average play. I like that. Anyone else you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, I think that's it. I think this is a very wide open slate. Play anyone you want, man. There's a ton of value. Pick and choose your value you want to play. Um, and you can eat chalk. Like, eat as much chalk as you want. Just get very different in spots. Like, exactly. Um, there's good chalk and there's bad chalk. Andre Drum is great chalk, right? Like, it's really good chalk. Frank Kaminsky is really good chalk. Play those guys together and then get different uh, elsewhere. But it's, it's a really fun slate, man. I'm really, really um, excited to play some lineups today. Yeah. I should uh, I should be able to play a couple couple single entries. Um, I'm down two to run a, a league one if, if we want to do that as well. But uh, we're back on the grind, guys. I'll see you all tomorrow. Appreciate you for tuning in. Hope it helps uh, both betting and DFS wise. Again, Sarge and I both on the Knicks have a couple leans that obviously we'll need to see how the the day progresses. But uh, feel really good about about the betting slate and DFS slate. Best of luck to you all, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.